The 10th-ranked Louisville women's basketball team blew out the number 12 Michigan Wolverines on Thursday evening. We're going to talk about what went right for the cards in this contest while previewing the crucial weekend matchup for the men's basketball team on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome back into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. As always, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services. Five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned in the opener, the Louisville women's basketball team with a statement victory on Thursday evening at the KFCM Center, blowing out number 12 Michigan 70-48. to We're going to talk about what went right for the cards in that matchup. Um, and then we'll transition over into the men's basketball side of things where Chris Mack and company traveled to Raleigh, North Carolina for a crucial ACC opening matchup with the NC State Wolfpack. I'm going to explain why, although this game isn't necessarily a must win per se, it is very close to it. And as we did with Michigan State, we will do a full preview of the matchup with the Wolfpack, the key players to watch for the cards, the keys to the game. And the final predictions. Before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. Also, do some PA announcing work for various sports in the university. You can follow my Twitter page in the handle in the graphic below, and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore global. So let's get right on into the show. Thursday evening at the KFC Young Center, the number 10 Louisville Cardinals got a statement victory over the number 12 Michigan Wolverines, 70-48, to the final score in that one. And for the home team, it was all about the defense. The defense was smothering all night long, led by the Syracuse transfer, Emily Inksler, who had herself a night. In fact, in my opinion, it is one of the best all-around individual performances from a player in the Jeff Walls era that I, I can remember. Obviously, I'm 23. Um, you know, started watching basketball in the Angel McCautry days. Um, one of the better individual performances, you know, all around, not necessarily just scoring. Looking at the stat sheet and what she was able to do in this contest, 18 points led the cards in scoring, uh, eight for 15 from the field, two for four from behind the arc. Uh, 14 rebounds, which was also a team high, um, recorded five steals, two blocks, and um, had a handful of jump ball tie-ups. So, you know, when, you know, th there's a there's an old, not necessarily an old saying, but, uh, but a saying that goes, you know, sometimes a player's impact spans beyond the box score. And this epitomizes that saying because Emily Inksler, what she was able to do um, for the Cardinals on Thursday evening. Simply put, on both ends of the court, Michigan did not have an answer for her. Um, on the offensive side, she was knocking down um, the perimeter shots. You know, the, her ability to set screens and roll. I thought she was uh, 
very solid in putting the ball on the ground and attacking the rim and um, utilizing some post moves uh, and just her overall ability to facilitate um, with her size. She brings a toughness to the team that I feel like this team has been lacking from the wing position for a handful of seasons. Um, but defensively it is where I think of a lot of people were just, you know, absolutely, you know, awestruck, so to speak, because what she was doing on, on the floor, obviously, you can see in the box score, five steals, uh, two blocks. She had a handful of jump ball tie-ups. Michigan had 24 turnovers in this game, and a lot of that early on was because of what Emily Ingsler, Mikasa Robinson, and you know the overall the Cardinal defense was um, putting out there. And I felt like Ingsler set the tone. I felt like um, you know whether it be individual on-ball defense on the perimeter, uh, paint defense, uh, help defense on screens. She was excelling on both ends of the court. Like I mentioned, she brings this toughness to the team, attacking the glass. Um, what Louisville s- sort of lacked last year, you know, Jeff Walls got out and got all in one player. Um, not to mention, you know, Chelsea Hall was a great addition as well in, in the transfer portal. But the Cardinal defense, the story of the night for the Louisville women's basketball team and Jeff Walls. Jeff Walls said in the postgame radio show appearance with Nick Curran, um, you know, they'd like to limit the turnovers. The Cardinals did um, turn the ball over 19 times, which gets overlooked a little because the Wolverines had 24. But he felt like the defense was very solid. It was a great uh, overall win, especially you know when it comes for a resume boosting um, opportunity, and I they looked good in transition as well, according to Walls, and you know that kind of echoes what I feel like the fan base was able to take away from this game was the fact that um, I think that Louisville is going to have a, I guess you could say Dana Evans sophomore year approach where they didn't necessarily have a true number one score. They had a lot of um, players that contributed in the scoring, like um, you know Kylie Shook, Dana Evans, Jasmine Jones, etc. I could definitely see that being the case for this team. You know, you have Emily Inksler, who's not necessarily revered as being, you know, a, a true number one scoring option. She's been probably the card's most consistent performer early on in this season. Haley Van Litt is continuing to uh, find her jump shot. Uh, kind of struggled to start the year. Uh, Kiana Smith ha- has been balling out as well. I think it's just going to be a by-committee approach where you're not going to have a true number one scoring option. And in a lot of ways, defense turns into the best offense. It is no doubt in my mind that the Cardinals' transition game flourished because of the ability to create turnovers against Michigan, steal the basketball, um, win loose balls. There was just a, a, a level of toughness and grit from this team that I'm not saying they haven't, um, you know, incorporated this into their style of play over the past couple of years, but this was some of the most physical basketball that I've seen this team play in the past couple of seasons under Jeff Walls, and that is no knock on any past teams. That's more of a, you know, an indication of how well, you know, this team was getting after the ball. Kind of reminds me of the men's basketball team and how, um, you know, sometimes offensively they might not be doing the greatest, uh, but they some sometimes cover that up with a very solid defense, uh, very vocal and very communicative and um, just overall trying on every single play. Emily Ingsler, Mikasa Robinson, that defensive duo is absolutely scary for opposing teams. And not to mention, you had uh, players like Narika Kono, 
um, Alana Smith that provided some good minutes. I thought Liz Dixon and Olivia Cochran uh, showed some good showed some good um, stuff in this game, had some good stretches, struggled at other times. Kiana Smith shot the ball extremely well. Uh, just a very overall deep squad, and I'm interested to see um, how they're able to build off this performance. But overall, early on in the season, losing the season opener against um, Arizona uh, back a couple weeks ago and playing um, some other competition you know, uh, you know, through the start, Michigan was the second test of the year, so to speak. And I, I thought that the cards handle business. They will take on a very uh, solid and underrated Belmont team on Sunday back at the KFC Yum Center. So if you have nothing going on, definitely check out the cards in this game. Go, go watch them. Go support them. They definitely deserve it. The team is going to be very solid once again and will yet again be right in the thick of things come tournament time. So we'll be keeping a close eye out on the month of December, the Cards will host Kentucky, not this upcoming Sunday, but the one after that. So we'll have some preview stuff about that next week. Um, let's transition over into the men's basketball side of things where they will travel to NC State for a crucial ACC opening matchup against the Wolfpack on Saturday, 2 o'clock Eastern tip-off. I'm going to explain, although this isn't necessarily a must-win it's very close to being one. Before we do that, I want to talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, it remains your number one spot for all of the sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 campaign. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And bet online is where the game starts. So, we are talking about this matchup with the NC State Wolfpack. And I, I feel like I'm going to get some criticism for this take. But I, I truly and sincerely believe it that this is a very critical game. Um, it's not a must win per se, but it is very close. The reason it's not a must win because it's still early in the season. The cards have played seven games. They're five and two. They're turning, they're turning it around. I thought they had a very good week in the Bahamas on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, showed some good signs against Michigan state in that loss earlier this week. However, it is a tough month of December, uh, coming up for the cards, NC State obviously is on the schedule. Um, they will conclude the month with Wake Forest, who has shown some good stuff. But between that, they will host an undefeated DePaul team. They will travel to Lexington for the annual matchup with the Kentucky Wildcats. And they are at Western Kentucky, who you know has shown historically to be a team that um, you have to take very seriously. So this is a interesting month because although – you don't necessarily have to have everything figure at, figured out you know, at this point in the season because it's only early December. I mean, for crying out loud, it's, it's, it's December 3rd. I'm not naive to say that, oh, if they don't win this game, they're not going to make the tournament. But you have to be self-aware. You have to um, be aware of the context and uh, be able to kind of read the room, so to speak, because 
this is a tough month, and not to mention the the ACC slate. Although you can claim that it's you know the conference is having a down year, you still have some very solid competition throughout. I mean, NC State is a very solid opponent. Wake Forest is going to be um, challenging um, in some ways, and then you have Duke, you have Florida State, you have North Carolina, who just beat the brakes off of Michigan in Chapel Hill a couple days ago. Um, you know, moving on. I mean, you have Virginia Tech. Virginia will always pose Louisville Fitch just because, you know, Tony Bennett is able to make a deal with the devil every time he plays um, the Louisville Cardinals. So, but overall, I think that when you look at this matchup and what it stands for, this is a good opportunity to continue the positive momentum, get um, a very solid win to boost the resume potentially down the road. Um, but more so, I think it's you know not losing as much as it is winning, because you the worst thing you can do, and I I mean this you know not necessarily in a way of oh I, I don't think that Louisville's going to make the tournament because I think they I think they're going to I think that this is a team that's going to be able to play its best ball in January and February and March when the conference slate starts. But right now, I mean, you have to handle business in the non-conference schedule. It's one of the harder non-conference schedules that Lowell's played in the past handful of years. Um, I, I think that this is a very winnable game, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, why I think the Cards are actually going to win this um, contest against the Wolfpack. But, you know, Kentucky is a very um, formidable opponent. DePaul is good. Wake Forest is good. Western Kentucky is a team to be reckoned with. So you have to, you know, be able to handle business in this month because realistically, I think you should try to, you know, when you look at this month as a whole, three losses overall going into um, the new year should be where Louisville is sitting there, sitting at two right now. So that gives them some leeway to drop, excuse me, just one game in this month. And if they if they lose more, Sure, it's not the end of the world. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take this as me sitting here and telling you if Louisville is NC State, they're not making the tournament. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this is a good opportunity, A, to handle business, B, to get a resume-boosting win because, you know, the ACC always beats up on each other. You know, there is a possibility that Louisville might go into the tournament with, you know, 10 losses, with maybe, you know, 11, 12, 13 losses, but... If last year showed anything, it's the lack of quality wins can keep you out of the tournament. And I, I think that being the first team out, so to speak, last season, you know, just goes to show you, you have to take care of business early on in the season and you have to take care of business against teams that you probably should beat. And I think NC State is a good opportunity to get a good resume boosting win and to increase the morale um, well, not necessarily um, the morale, so to speak, just to continue the positive momentum, uh, you know, going into the latter half of this month. So, you know, it's an interesting matchup uh, coming into this one because I think that NC State is a tough team to gauge just based upon their strength of schedule. They did beat Nebraska 104 to 100 uh, a couple nights ago in four overtimes, but a, a crucial game because there there are some questions. Uh, that I, I think that I keep asking, that I'm looking for answers to, that probably most of the fan base is. And this is an opportunity to where it's the first conference road game, it's, it's the first road game in general, 
um, not the, not the first road game. It's the first conference game in general, the second road game after the um, loss to Michigan State. But not only is this big for the tournament, um, you know, you can argue further that, you know, things have to start getting figured out in terms of the rotation, in terms of the scoring responsibilities. Because, yes, two things can be true at the same time. As I mentioned on the show countless times, things don't have to be mutually exclusive. They can both be true at the same time. It, you know, it can be true that it is December 3rd. Teams aren't going to necessarily have it figured out December 3rd. That is okay, especially for a team that had so much roster turnover heading into the season. Not to mention on Wednesday, it was the first game of the season that Chris Mack coached after serving a six-game suspension to start the campaign. And um, But B... You can also say that some of these issues have, you know, continually reared their ugly heads to where, you know, at some point you're going to have to start finding some solutions. Number one, the turnover margin is the uh, one of the key issues here, being careless with the basketball, um, finding some, um, you know, rotational, um, you know, finding the rotations that work. And that, that I'm not saying that's going to be figured out on Saturday, but overall, I, I think that the ability to work through some of those concerns, work through some of the things that you haven't necessarily been able to do. Look, it's not a true must-win game. If they lose, I mean, it's not ideal because, you know, you're 5-3 and three to start the year uh, with a very tough uh, month of December. Uh, but it is very close to being a must-win because when you look at, you know, what this you know, has on tournament implications – because, yes, it's early, but every single game counts, and you have to take the wins where you can get them. The last thing you want to do is to lose a couple games in, to, in December to where you might be looking at a, at a 500, um, you know, a 500 uh, record going into the month of January, which I don't, I don't necessarily think that Louisville's going to be flirting with 500. But uh, you know, every game counts, and one loss can keep you off the tournament bubble. So, you know, I, I'm not one to overreact. And a, you know what? Yeah, it, I'm I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm not a sunshine pumper. I like to think that I'm in I'm in the medium crowd um, of trying to be level headed, and sometimes I'm not. But ultimately, I think that this game has a lot more importance than the past three games. Um, you know, for the Louisville Cardinals. So I, I want to talk more about this contest against NC State. It's really hard to gauge the Wolfpack and how good they are, just like it is a couple, you know, teams that you'll play just because of uh, certain factors. And we'll talk about those factors here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Built Bar. It is the holiday season. We're getting closer to Christmas, um, and there's no better way to celebrate the holiday season than to cozying up with something warm. Uh, here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of hot chocolate let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that built bar flavor plus you'll have a nice melty built bar to go with it but be sure to have a couple napkins on hand grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar built bar is filled with so many holiday goodness rich with decadent flavor covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories sugar net carbs and fat and high in protein you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy there's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing will you have raspberry or mint brownie 
cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. Throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. But I got to caution you, because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Bill Bar flavor at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor. They'll fight for it, and things can get out of hand, and that's not what you want. Go to Bill.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. So we're in the final segment of the show talking about everything you need to know about the matchup between NC State and the Louisville on Saturday, 2 o'clock Eastern tip-off in Raleigh, North Carolina. The Wolfpack on the season um, have been pretty solid. 6-1, and one, as I mentioned, winning the their last contest against Nebraska, but it's hard to gauge just how good this NC State Wolfpack team is. For starters, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, you know, mention this. Right now they're... Strength of schedule through the first seven contests, 272nd out of 358. Um, not necessarily if you're looking for um, any type of, um, you know, uh, comparable uh, opponents, you're not going to find any. They have wins over Bucknell, Colgate, uh, Central Connecticut, Texas Southern, Louisiana Tech, and Nebraska. The lone loss, 74-68 to 68 at the hands of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, like I mentioned, not necessarily um, competing against the best teams to start out the season. Statistically, what they are doing offensively, they're a little bit better than the Cardinals scoring the basketball, averaging just over about 10 more points per game. Um, but on the other hand, they are bottom 100. I think they're actually bottom 50-ish, maybe bottom 70. Um, they're, they're, they're below 250 in the country in um, scoring defense. They're allowing 700 or seven, 774. I can't speak today. 74 point. Four points per game allowed to their opponents. Um, they're, you know, in terms of shooting, they shoot the ball pretty comparably um, with the Cardinals, both uh, from the field as a whole and from behind the arc. Um, very um, comparable in rebounding. The Cards average 0.1 more rebounds per game than the Wolfpack. Global uh, has more assists per game. NC State does a better job at protecting the rim, and they both average over eight steals per contest. It, it's it's a Interesting contest that I think when you look at it, NC State, um, their guard play is what is key when you look at uh, what they're able to throw out there. Uh, Darion Seaborn, the sophomore guard, 6'7", on Norfolk, Virginia. He is having an absolutely nuclear start to the season, uh, leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists, 21.7 points per game on 58% shooting, 10.9 rebounds. 2.9 assists. So one of the keys to the game is going to be simply slowing him down for the Louisville Cardinals. But when you look at the other players that um, the Wolfpack are able to throw out there, they have four players averaging over 11 points per game. Um, the Their guard play is um, very tall in stature. Their best four guards, um, I mean, they're over six foot three, so they have big guard play. It's going to be interesting to see how smaller guys like Jared West, like Noah Locke, are able to uh, 
Yeah, and Mason Faulkner as well are able to operate against a larger backcourt for the Wolfpack. Uh, but very balanced in approach after Seaborn. They don't necessarily have too many uh, standouts in the front court outside of Jericho Hellams, the um, I believe is a six foot seven, two hundred and five pound forward, fourteen point nine points per game. He is averaging just four point three rebounds per game. So after Seaborn, no player has over. 4.9 rebounds per game. So very balanced in essence. So it's going to be just a matter of a couple factors. I think number one, like we've mentioned over and over and over, it's a matter of taking care of the basketball and having better shot selection for the Louisville Cardinals. That is the name of the game against the NC State Wolfpack in this one. Limiting what Seaborn is able to do on the offensive side of things and crashing the defensive glass and keeping him um, you know, to a minimum in terms of you know, overall um, impact on this game. It's going to be very interesting to see who guards Seaborn in this contest. I think that Dre Davis will likely be um, a player to watch in this one. Speaking of Dre Davis, a guy who has found his form after the uh, his breakout game against Detroit Mercy, very solid in the Bahamas, the second leading score for the Cards up in East Lansing on Wednesday night against the Michigan State Spartans. He is a key player to watch in this one. Another key player that I'm looking for here, and this is this is a guy that hasn't necessarily been playing all that well in the past three games, and, and that's Noah Locke. 0 for 7 against Michigan State. Didn't shoot the ball well against Mississippi State or Maryland in the um, – the Bahamas tournament, and hopefully that is just um, him having uh, troubles against teams that start with the letter M. Um, <laughs> hopefully he can, um, you know, take care of business against an NC State team that uh, allows a lot of points to their opponents. And I think that this is a good opportunity for Noah Locke to, um, you'll know, be able to distinguish himself, especially on the road. I think that we're going to be looking for some um, scoring leadership, and I'm. I got to be honest. Outside of Dre Davis and you know a, a breakout performance from L. Ellis, there wasn't a lot of um, you know individual hurrahs, so to speak. I didn't necessarily know what to say in terms of the uh, noun there, but there wasn't any individual standouts, I should say, outside of those two. And Noah Locke is a guy that was brought in to be you know a number one, number two scoring option. He's got to be able to start putting together some better performances, and this is a great game for him to do so. So so I think Noah Locke, Dre Davis, the players to watch for in this contest. Keys to the game for the cards, it's all about taking care of business on um, you know, guarding uh, Seaborn in this one. He has had a nuclear start to the season, and it is you know, resolving some of the issues that you've seen you know, recur all year long. Take care of the basketball. You'll continue to rebound better, which they have been, and that, that hasn't necessarily been that big of an issue lately. Uh, but taking care of the basketball, getting better shot selection, moving without the basketball, creating some motion, it's just a matter of you know you being more efficient and more effective on the offensive side of things. So in terms of a prediction, like I mentioned in the last segment, I think the Cards are going to win this one. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be a one or to two point, um, you know, game either. I think the cards are going to win by about uh, four to five points. So I'm going to go cards 72, NC State 68 here. Uh, I am not necessarily 
too ultimately comfortable in that prediction because it could go either way on the road. First um, ACC road game, NC State has been playing very well, but they haven't necessarily been tested. I uh, haven't played um, really any truly good competition. So we will see just how the cards were able will be uh, will fare against the NC State Wolfpack on Monday. We will recap that performance. So. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple of quick shout-outs. First to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, the most recent episode of that released last Sunday, uh, recapping the Kentucky loss and the Governor's Cup, and some more talk uh, about the athletics program. You can find that on, at cardinalsportszone.com. Also want to give a quick shout-out to the Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. Check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But that is going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Everyone have a great weekend. Go Cards, and we'll see you right back here on Monday.